welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Well, welcome everyone, uh, and thank you for joining uh, Vikings Happy Hour this week. I am your host, Ryan, uh, for the evening, subbing in for Matt Anderson. Uh, I don't know, he's being lazy today, I think, or maybe he actually has something to do. But uh, So as Andrew, as you mentioned, is your first show uh, as a member of the Climb in the Pocket team. I know you've guested on our shows before, so welcome uh, to to the team here and, and excited to have you. Why don't you tell the, the fans here a little bit about kind of who you are and 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 what you're going to bring to the team here uh ryan i'll be honest with you i unplugged something at that last bit what was your question <laughs> oh I, I had just said why don't you tell uh, the the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself and what you'll bring to the climb in the pocket team i am going to bring hijinks audio issues um and most importantly a i think an outside perspective on the vikings um, that's something that Fornis told you guys when I joined that I, I might be the only person who's not a Vikings fan at heart. I, I love the skull. I love the chant, as I've done every time I have an audio issue. That's my go-to. Um, I think this is a very fun team because it's a very – it's an in-between team. I think the NFC North is getting very interesting, especially with the Aaron Rodgers saga. Um, so, no, this, this Vikings can control their destiny – this season and what a perfect time to talk about controlling your destiny by going over a schedule. So I'm, I'm very excited to dive into the Vikings. This is my first um, little bit into the team as a whole. And I've done my research and I'm very prepared to do my best for everybody here at climbing the pocket. Well, like I said, we're excited to have you on board here. It's going to be a good uh, partnership here as I think you, you know, talking to you offline and, and what you've contributed on our shows, I think you'll bring a good perspective and, and another good eye for talent, especially in that draft season. Um, so as tradition, typically we uh, start this show off by talking about what we're drinking. Dave, our ex- uh, extraordinary producer here, what, what are we drinking tonight? Titan Ale, India Pale Ale. It's local, brewed here in Colorado. It's one of my staples, and it is the last six-pack I have in stock. I'm going to have to get some more. There you go. But I got plenty for tonight. Perfect. I had prepared, and I thought I had more juice for it. Um, I was going to have a Malibu and pineapple, which is a staple of my mobile trips whenever I go down to the Senior Bowl. And I did not have any pineapple, but I have tons of Malibu, which I cannot drink straight. So I have tea in a very expensive universal cup that my wife probably paid $50 for last month when she went to Florida. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, I'm drinking, uh, you know, Modelo. I uh, had to rep the home country here. I'm not actually from Mexico, but my mom is. So, um, you know, you got to enjoy a cerveza every now and then. Um yeah, well, to get the show started, obviously we're going to talk plenty tonight about the schedule here. But Dave, I think you wanted to bring something uh, up that uh, you know for the viewers and listeners, and yep. pay some condolences here. Hey, I wanted to raise my glass, tip my hat to one of the all-time greats in Vikings history, Mister Jerry Burns. Jerry Burns was an assistant to Bud Grant. He actually is the originator of what then became 
the West Coast offense. He took over as head coach in 1986. Bud Grant was pissed he didn't take over right immediately after Bud retired, but Les Steckel did. We'll forget the Les Steckel year. Uh, Bernsey is a fiery, passionate man that coached the Vikings. I remember I got stationed in North Dakota back in 87, year after he took over, and it was always fun to watch his offense, offenses and the whole team as a whole. And he may he won coach six for six years, went to the playoffs three times, and went to the NFC Championship once. Uh, if it wasn't for a dropped pass, he would have taken us to the Super Bowl. It's just one of those many Vikings heartaches. But for you, Bernsey, and your classic rants. I'm glad you have made it to heaven, and may you rest in peace. Yeah, cheers. I, you know, I didn't have uh, much of an opportunity to watch him coach. I'm a little too young for his era. Uh, Denny Green was really the coach when I when I started becoming a fan. But um, everything I hear about the man, and everything that uh, you know, when you watch back and, and look at those, you know, '80s Vikings, he really. Um, you, you can tell that he really ha- was running a good ship here. And yeah, like I said, that, that, or like you said, that drop pass was a heartbreak. Uh, again, watching back that game, uh, I thought we had that one in the bag and, you know, uh, and I, who knows, maybe that would have been our only Super Bowl. <laughs> so, uh, you know, who could have been, what it should have, could have, but um, yeah. So, you know, cheers uh, to Jerry Burns here, uh, Vikings legend. And uh, let's get on with the rest of the show here. Um, so, Vikings schedule just dropped here. Pretty exciting news uh, for all Vikings fans. Uh, there it is. So we um, have the unfortunate, I guess, uh, privilege to embrace the more away games than home games uh, as this first year in the 17-game schedule era begins. Um, Harbs. What you know, obviously, we'll, we'll you know maybe dive a little deeper into each of these games here. But out of everything that you know popped up on there, what really stuck out to you as a game that you had Thank circled you. on that calendar that you're excited about? I I wouldn't even say it's necessarily one game because it, it adding an extra game kind of gives you a little bit more leeway with this whole thing. It's not so much the college football route where one loss or two in certain areas is really going to derail you. Um, But something I mentioned to Dave off air before you jumped on Ryan is ending with five division games in your last eight games. I mean, that means the second half of the season, you have the whole first half to really work out the kinks on this offense and this defense and everything and get everything rip roaring and going. And I think a big part of that is going to be Christian Derrissaw. I think the way he plays is the way this offense is probably going to roll for the most part. I mean, you get to look at who he's going to get tested by with Miles Garrett, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, everybody on that Ravens defense, Joey Bosa. And then that's when you start that uh, really tough tear to end the season. So I think it's going to be the first half's pretty soft on the eyes which is what you want before you get into the hard part. And that week seven bye is perfect too. I think the later the bye you can get, especially with the 17-game season, the better it's going to be. Dave, anything that stood out to you that you're excited about or nervous about? Well, it was uh, – I'll bring the schedule back up. I thought the start 
is the softer start. And I do think that will help as the team gels and finds their identity. I normally don't like an early buy, and that week seven buy sort of scares me. But, but this schedule that I have up does not have the days and the times on it. There is later in the season, we go from the Steelers on Thursday night to the Bears the following Monday. So that is like a mini buy between week 14 and 15. I do think that helps. So we'll see. I think coming out of the bye with the Cowboys, Ravens, Chargers, Packers, Niners, that's going to be the test right there. If they make it through there and the Vikings are above 500, I think this this team is rocking. And I hope they're way above 500 by that time. Yeah, we can all hope. I, I agree. Um, obviously, big things that stood out to me. You know, I, I care about matchups. I care about watching players that I enjoy around the league. Um, obviously, we all know I'm a big Oklahoma fan. So we have Browns at home week four. Harbs, I kind of I was trying to set you up for this. I know you're kind of a, a brownie, um, uh, you know, big Browns fan. So um, that that's a game I'm excited about. Uh, I get to watch my boy Baker Mayfield. Uh, hopefully not tear us up too bad, but you know, <laughs> you like probably will. <laughs> um, you know, that's the only game I usually won't cheer for him. And even then I still want him to have a good game, but I still just want us to win. Um, and Kyler, Kyler Murray Cardinals, uh, that second game. Yeah. You know, I, I'm taking a look at that first six weeks, right before the bye. I don't think, I mean, yes, it is an easier part of the schedule. It's still tough. You know, I mean, you look at the lions, sure. Panthers. Yeah, probably. But you know, Bengals, depending if Joe Burrow is up and healthy, uh, you know, that that's going to be a tougher game. You have up-and-coming Cardinals that literally, you know, got much better, I feel like, this offseason. Seahawks are always a tough one. You know, Browns are up-and-coming. Like, you know, they, they made the playoffs last year. They have a, a legitimate top-five roster in the league right now. Um, and, and then, yeah, like the Lions and Panthers probably are, you know, maybe a little easier. But it's, it's, it's a tough schedule. I don't think we're going to have any cakewalks this year. Um, I think a lot of these games are going to be – uh, hotly contested and, and close games, which is what you really want as a fan. You, I mean, obviously it's nice to blow up teams, but you know, and that doesn't get the adrenaline going. So, um, speak for yourself. I love blowouts. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I will speak from experience as, as you mentioned already, I'm a Browns fan. Having my first playoff game be the blowout that was with Pittsburgh. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So <laughs> blowouts are fun. You just got to get can blow out every. Every division opponent, if you can blow them out, that, yeah, that just leaves a good taste in your mouth. All, all the other games, let's have at least some sort of competition. Make me sweat a little. I still want to win every one of them, but yeah, it's I, I like I like you know good quality, high quality games. You know, well, 100%. we all do. And uh, my question to you guys is, how many? Wins or losses do you see? There was the famous. PA quote, I don't see a single loss in this schedule, right? Which is a joke because we all know that winning that many games in a row is virtually impossible. It's only been done twice. Um, 
What are you guys thinking by looking at this schedule? And it, I, I think it's tough. I think it, like I said, I mentioned before, it's a tough schedule. Um, you, you know, I can see worst case scenario, five win team, best case scenario, maybe 11, maybe. Um, and again, I'm trying to be as realistic as possible here. Again, it just kind of depends on how these other teams improve. We're going to improve a lot from last year. I know everyone's like, oh, well, we weren't that good. And all these teams are getting better. We got a lot better this year with just, just from the, team the the team that we had in place prior to the draft and prior to free agency um we're getting daniel hunter back we're getting a healthy eric kendricks back a healthy anthony Barr back um you know that that's a lot of talent just in those guys alone that's going to really help beef up that defense now and then we have patrick peterson we have cam dancer in his second year uh, Xavier woods hopefully is a pretty good addition for that safety group um you know we have more talent, you know, obviously with opposite Daniel Hunter, I think we have more talent outside of Daniel Hunter in this D end group that we did prior. We have an actual functioning, even though he's not necessarily a three tech by trade, we have a, a higher quality Dalvin Tomlinson than whatever we were throwing out there last year at D tackle. Um, and, and again, that's just defense. Our obviously our offensive line improved a lot. So I think we, or well, again, let's hope they improved a lot, right? There's going to be a lot of new faces, uh, but I, I can't hopefully imagine getting. Hope, <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's not Hill and Dozier starting. Well, I can't imagine uh, we, us getting worse than Dozier and Samia at least at very minimum. Um, and by the way, I love that article that was uh, shared out there today about Samia is actually a genius uh, trying to get Kirk all revved up and and ready to go. That was pretty funny. Um, but anyway, so I mean, you know, taking a look at the the, the schedule, it's it's a tough one. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think we're in realistically nine wins uh, is probably what I'll end up being at. But you know, it, it really depends. On, yeah, like I said, that that Bengals game, I see us winning. But if Joe Burrow does play, which again, he's you know ahead of schedule. You know, um, if he plays, I think it's like a lot closer of a game than people think. So. Uh, they, they improved a lot uh, this year. I still think our offense can carve up that defense quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd say nine nine wins is my early optimistic-ish prediction. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably more realistically going to be at like eight or seven. Wow. Harbs? Yeah, my, my best case I wrote down beforehand was eight and nine. And, again, I'm a little bit more pessimistic, and it might be the Browns fan in me. Um, but still at the same time, the beginning, like I talked about, there was at one point where I was counting through that I was getting towards the end of the, the schedule. And I was like, I only have four wins. I was like, I got to look back and kind of, you got to be kidding me. I, I was, and I, I went back, I went back. I think a worst case, depending on a couple different scenarios. Um, yes, you get Patrick Peterson. He's an older corner. Uh, again, he—I he, don't know how much he's gonna. I think he's gonna be more of a big impact on Dantzler than he is uh, maybe on the team as a whole on the field. Because um, I think Dantzler's an absolute hit for you guys a corner. I think he's gonna be something that as he develops is gonna be really good. Um, but I think a worst case you're looking at six. Uh, but like you talked about, Ryan, I think eight to nine's probably the more realistic. 
um, middle of the park as Dave's already shaking his head at me. I just, it, and like, it's going to really be that first half is going to make or break this whole season, I think. And I think the division games to end the year is also going to be really interesting. Um, are you going to be able to split Chicago at the end of the season? Is Chicago still going to have Andy Dalton? Or are they going to have Justin Fields? Um, do the Lions, are they just folded at that point by week 13? Or does Dan Campbell still have them fighting and chewing on everything that they can get in their mouth off the field on kneecap-wise? And then same with Pittsburgh. Are you going to get a Ben Roethlisberger that already has a noodle arm, but it's going to be even worse at that point? Or as – or have they established the run with Najee Harris, which they needed to do in the past? And then same with the Packers games. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers isn't there and you're going with Blake Bortles or Jordan Love, that's two more wins potentially. So that's really going to be a key factor here. And ultimately, I think the Packers, I think Rodgers will still be there. But um, again, those are two giant question marks. Like this, and I wrote about it in my article this week. I said this division can potentially be very open. It's like, and this isn't a disrespect to the NFC North. It reminds me of the NFC East last year in the preseason where you had a lot of good rosters and it's all just going to go by quarterback play. If Kirk Cousins comes out and he can be what he was two years ago um, and he gets uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook, you get Irv Smith involved a little bit more. Um, I, the offense can carry this defense. And the defense, like we talked about, made improvements. So it's it can be a very – good season to a very bad season very quickly. And there's a lot of X factors that aren't necessarily things that the Vikings can control. That's the only hiccup I think that you guys may uh, have. Well, the out, of thoughts, Dave? the out of control ones, I understand. I mean, it could be like 2016 when all the offensive linemen got hurt and all the replacements got hurt. And then the third string got hurt last year when all the corners got hurt and they had to go out to 7-Eleven find something. I understand the the unexpected calamities that happen. But I don't anticipate with the rosters that we have today of them dropping anywhere less um, or below 10 wins. I, I just don't see that. And I see it closer to 12 um, or better. It's... I think we're going to have a top 10 defense, and I think we're going to have a top 10 offense. We have repaired the offensive line. Theoretically, I strongly believe that we're going to see Darius at left tackle, and Wyatt Davis at probably at right guard. I think we're probably going to move Ezra over to left guard. Um, I think the defense is better across the board. You got Peterson, you got Alexander Nickel, you got Gladney if he ever gets out of his trouble. You have Dantzler, right? And you might and you have a wild card in Hughes if he plays healthy. Right? Yeah. And the corners. I don't have any issue with that. You are Ryan is correct. We have Kendricks and Barr back. Both of those guys are very, very, very good linebackers, especially Kendricks. Uh, Barr screws up what the offense does when those guys come up and threaten blitz, whether they bring it or not. They have to do an adjustment on that line. And most people that cover blitzes will just use a back. That's the easiest way. Well, they know Anthony Barr can defeat the back. So they've got to switch and change blocking schemes 
to cover the blitz if they're going to. And most teams don't do well when they do it. That's why the Vikings' defenses with Barr there have been so good. And I think uh, Woods back in the secondary next to Harrison Smith will be fine. I think that defense will jump back into the normal one, top 10-ish that we're used to. Offense, all the weapons are back. Um, The only one missing is um, Rudolph. And Rudolph wasn't much of one except for in the red zone anyways. I think Irv can step that up. So they're all back. Now, do I wish we had a wide receiver three? that was talented and catch the ball more than seven yards down the field? Absolutely. And maybe the rookie can step up. We'll find out. But it's irrelevant. we still got at least three weapons on the offensive side. I think Kirk will get more time. Now the question with Kirk is, how is he going to feel with a possible replacement behind him? And really, I don't care just as long as he goes out and performs. So I don't see us losing more than seven games. I just, sorry, I don't. And I think it's going to be less than that. Take Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers is, say, here in Denver, right, you take him out, and I'll put the team against Bortles or Love any day of the week. Uh, We know Mike Zimmer gives, quote, rookie quarterbacks, and I granted Love was drafted last year, but he hasn't played, gives rookie quarterbacks absolute fits. Same goes with Cincinnati. The kid, yes, is a good quarterback. But has he gone against the magic and voodoo that Mike Zimmer does and generates on the defense? I doubt that. And then the question is, how many other? Yes, I agree with you, Harps. Quarterback matchups are a big deal. The Steelers can be tough or they could be done by then. Right? It's yep. It's all another thing with that Steelers game too. Like I, I mentioned to you too beforehand, they're going to be looking ahead at that point because on paper, their last five games are Minnesota, mm-hmm. and then they go into the ringer of Tennessee, Cleveland, Kansas City, and Baltimore. So they could very well be looking ahead at that point too, mm-hmm. to where the Vikings are able to sneak out a win or or just put on pure domination. It's one of those things where Pittsburgh, at that point, like we said, it, they're either going to be in it or they're going to be out of it, and there's going to be no in between. Um, so it's yeah. going to be interesting. I think Absolutely. Who's, who's that dude said 13 and four? I think that's the upper end, but that is possible. And you yeah, want and, the Vikings to get playoff position. Right, absolutely. And obviously my nine wins that I had mentioned, that that's obviously can, factoring in that Rodgers is here, right? I mean, it's a, it's, it's a two-win easy swing if, you know, that, that puts us at 11 for me if uh, Rodgers gets traded el- elsewhere. I just don't actually see it happening. If it does, though, that would, or if he's just not even traded, if he just decides not to play, which, again, has been rumored that he's willing to retire or sit out or whatever it is, um, I, I'm, you know, obviously I would switch that prediction. I, I you know, nine, ten wins at that point. But, um, yeah, so w- why don't we do this? Obviously, we have a 17-game schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Dave, you're going to probably be on the thumbs up here a little bit more than maybe Harbs or I might be. But why don't we go game by game? Um, we'll, we'll make a case. We'll make a case for who we, you know, who's going to win that game. Uh, maybe give a little bit of uh, just a, a you know quick, 
you know, tiny information about each of these teams. Harbs, we may need you to lead that a little bit. I know quite a bit too, but you know, I, I think you're probably a little bit more well versed in some of these other teams than I am. Um, and uh, why, why don't we go game by game, give a little tidbit about that team, why they might give us some fits, and uh, and then our prediction for that game. So Bengals, right? Um, Joe Burrow, number one pick last year. They drafted Jamar Chase. They got T. Higgins, who played great as a rookie last year. Um, Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Mixon, hell of a running back. Um, defense is suspect. Uh, offensive line got better. Still, I think that you know you can you can create some havoc there. Uh, Harbs, what else about the Bengals should scare us a little bit? I'll be honest with you. If I'm a Vikings fan and looking at it from as an analyst standpoint for the Vikings, I would like to think this is a, a W in marker. I, I really think, and I'm a big fight fan, I'm a big boxing fan, I'm a May fan, and there's ring rust and there's cage rust. And I think Burrow, this, he's not going to play in the preseason. Um, this is going to be the first time he's getting hit. And I, I think Burrow is one of the toughest guys out there ever since I saw him get obliterated by UCF in that bowl game, which then triggered in his head the best football to ever happen um, with his arm. I think Joe Mixon is very up and down. I, I know that just from uh, before I dove into a quote, real football, I was really on the fantasy side of things and he's very, very hit and miss. And then offensive line is still suspect because they went with Jamar Chase at five. And then as Tyler Fortis uh, mentioned in the group chat earlier today, Cam Dantzler's had Jamar Chase's number. Um, I looked at, Look back at it because I did not realize how much uh, Dantzler covered him. Um, in the two games they played each other in college, um, Jamar Chase only had seven catches, 68 yards, and one touchdown. And for an Oblitnikov winner with 1,900 yards, that's pretty good. So I feel Dantzler is able to handle Chase. Um, I think Patrick Peterson's more than capable of handling Higgins or Tyler Boyd. Um, they still have Drew Sample at tight end, and that's eh. Um, so I think this would be a very easy W for uh, Minnesota. I don't have any really concerns um, from the Vikings standpoint with this game. This is a noon game on Sunday, and I agree with Harps. And I yeah, think it's a, a spot where that defensive rotations opposite Hunter will start will start to see it and see how well it does. Yeah, I think this is a game where I think we're going to let our defensive line really set the tone, not just for this game, but hopefully for the season. Uh, it's one of the easier matchups they're going to get. Um, you know, you have Riley Reef uh, going up against Daniel Hunter. Yeah. You're going to have, you know, whoever we have at, um, you know, the right or I'm sorry, the yeah, the right uh, defensive end um, going up against Jonah Hill or Jonah Williams, Jonah Hill, uh, Jonah Williams. <laughs> and um, and yeah, that interior of that line is suspect at best. So uh, Harbs, I'm, I'm going to defend Joe Mixon a little bit. One, Oklahoma guy, but two, um, he's never had a line. I mean, he's putting up what I think he led the over. AFC in rushing in 2019 or 2018. I can't remember behind the worst, by far the worst offensive line <laughs> in the league. And he um, and they had to start throwing the the um, yeah, Trey wins covering JJ. Absolutely. Um, and, and he had to start uh, they had to start throwing the ball by halftime every game because they were down by so much. Right. And he still put up those sure. kind of yards. Um, so I think that he's going to give us, you know, um, 
I think that offense will give us a little bit of run for our money a little bit if their offensive line can hold up at at least a little bit. But where I see us uh, taking over that game is on our offensive side, their defensive side, as um, who's that dude said. Trey Wayne's covering JJ. Uh, that's just that's going to be an obliteration. Um, I think uh, I, I think Thielen, you know, coming into the fold here, um, you know, going up against their number two, uh, I, I assume. And again, I'm not even sure who that is. Um, I believe it's Hilton Day from Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Yep, okay. Um, but still, yeah. I'm. I give the right. You know, Thielen mastered. You know, he's just a really good route runner. So it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, it's going to be a tough tough um, matchup regardless of whoever the one's going against. Um, and yeah. And then we get to see what Irv's doing. And of course we are a running team in Dalvin cook and their linebackers have always been and still continue to be suspect. Um, and so, we, and we have Dalvin cook being able to, you know, hopefully go through and, and, and make some big plays. So I think we all agree that's going to be a W on the, on the board there. So Arizona Cardinals. So uh, Kyler Se- Murray. Second road DeAndre. game. This is a three Oh five game. In the afternoon, three oh five road game. Okay, so again, another road game on the road again, going from uh, going to the you know West Coast this time. Um, Quasi, you know, we got DeAndre Hopkins, we got Kyler Murray. They added um, who did they add a receiver opposite a Hopkins? Uh, they drafted Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore. Okay, and they got Christian Kirk. Yeah. Um, oh, and they added AJ Green again. Who knows what he's got That's left? Right. But you know, he, you know, uh, they got AJ Green. Uh, upgraded offensive line again. They drafted another linebacker uh, in the first round, which yes. I found interesting. Um, so we'll see how that works out for them. Cornerback Marcus are- Gilbert. Yeah, Marcus Gilbert retired too. So uh, okay, there's yeah. no real great tackle either there for uh, DJ Humphreys. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, another, another team that's up and coming. Uh, the one thing that I have super big reservations on is I know it's Kyler Murray and I know I'm a fan, whatever, but running quarterbacks always give us a fit. Always have always, I feel like always will. Um, Russ Wilson always gives us a fit. You know, we, we've had in the past uh, trouble with pretty much anyone who can scramble and throw on the run um, Rogers uh, especially. Right. So what, what do you guys see in this game? Uh, obviously Dave, I, I know you're probably chalking this one up to a win. What do we see in this game that is uh, going to give us some troubles? I would probably just say you talked about the scrambling aspect for Kyler Murray. I mean, that's any X factor with any defense that goes up against him, whether or not you're going to be able to spy and contain him. But I would say, um, if there were some linebackers that I would think would be able to be up for the task, especially early on in the season, I would take Kendricks and I would take Barr. So it's going to be interesting to see. Plus, I think the middle of that defensive line, if you're able to get pressure um, up the middle with Tomlinson and everybody else there and Daniel Hunter being there full force, like we talked about, I, you said Humphreys was there too. I'm a Florida fan. And I don't even want Humphreys protecting anybody. I would have a quarterback. So that being said, <laughs> I, I think the defense would be able to do just fine. And you talked about, too, and I cut you off, I apologize, the corners for Arizona are just abysmal. <laughs> so, I mean, even if you get into a shootout here, I think you're going to be fine. Um, it's just going to be whether or not uh, Cliff Kingsbury is able to stay being creative and if Kyler Murray just goes full Madden on everybody, it's going to be the real decision uh, or Difference maker, excuse me. 
And I, Dave, I don't think that will happen. I think no. Zimmer will shut that down. It's not going to happen. So I took that up as a W. Vikings start Agreed. two and zero. I'm going. I'm going to go and disagree. I'm going to track this up as an L for us. Uh, again, I just I I always uh, anytime we face a running quarterback, I just struggle. I struggle thinking Zimmer is going to be able to stop it. And maybe it's just again the the main scrambling quarterback we played is Russ Wilson. But again, he's never really had a good team around him, and he continues to beat us every single time yeah, we play him. But most of and, those are close. There's never uh, yeah, you're right, games. and I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this won't be a close game, uh, but uh, I'm saying I just think that you know it, it might be a little bit more of a shootout, and I think the Cardinals eke this one out with uh, Kyler's uh, ability to rush and, and move the ball. I like Mateo's post. This is a Patrick Peterson revenge game. I would love it. And I would love it again. Obviously. And everyone listening, obviously, I'm cheering for us to win. I I, I don't ever want us to lose a game. He's not. More or less he wants Kyler Murray's an Oklahoma quarterback to get a win. Don't let him lie to you, everybody. <laughs> and I agree with Jeffrey that said Pearson Tom and Tomlinson should be run stuffers up the middle. They will be, and it's a matter oh, yeah. of the defensive end. I, what I think they're going to do is take two blockers apiece. Defensive ends will occupy some, and that leaves the linebackers open to fill the holes which I think is going to be a huge difference this year. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. It's going to definitely help us out. Let's go to this third one, where Seattle comes to Minnesota. First time since the playoff game back in the frozen tundra at T- TCF Stadium, I believe. Yeah, we've been there, I mean, pretty much every single time we've played them. So it's uh, it, it's been bad. Um so, yeah, so, you know, we got Russ Wilson, again, going back to that scrambling quarterback situation. We got Burner, DK Metcalf. We got, you know, route magician Tyler Lockett, who makes at least five incredible catches every year. Um, defense, again, rebuilding, right? Uh, they lost their top corner, um, so they're having to rebuild there. Uh, they obviously still have Bobby Wagner. Um, as kind of the stalwart there in the middle of that defense. And, uh, yeah, defense ends. I think they – didn't they end up losing two of them? They lost Dunlap for sure. Um, no, they re-signed Dunlap. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, uh, they brought did, him back. Did they, they lose somebody? I could swear they lost somebody. I can't think. I can't remember, I guess, Griffin for sure. Loss, I know, and you talked about that at corner, so – and Jaron Reed, did they re-sign him? Can't I don't remember. Recall. Either way, I, 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 th- I think they lo- might have lost somebody on that defensive line, but I could be wrong. Either way, this game's close every time, every single time we play. Um, I'm going to chalk this one up as a W, though. Uh, going against my scrambling quarterback, you know, theory. Um, I think the difference is going to be we play him close every single time, and we've uh, all we know is losing to the Seahawks because. Ever since that frozen tundra game, we have lost to them. Um, but they're always close games, and we're at TCF Bank, and I, we don't have Blair Walsh on our team. So I think uh, I think this is going to be one where we can actually eke this one out and, and move to two and one on my schedule here. Yeah, I was looking at for all these games. I was looking at the historical data, and not a lot of them were like, "Wow, this is bad." Uh, but Seattle's history was, "Wow, this is bad." Um, haven't had a win since 2009, seven in a row Minnesota's lost. Um, that being said, uh, I know Russell Wilson from 
uh, one of my connected friends had a wish list for offensive line in this mm-hmm. offseason. He got none of them. So Russell Wilson does not have the protection he wants. He's still, I think, going to be deep down upset because Pete Carroll's going to walk out like he's Squidward for every press conference and every game, and it's it's not going to be much different. I think Seattle's going to have a lot of growing pains this year. Um, I think that's going to be more of a quarterback disaster than what Green Bay may deal with because I think uh, Rodgers is a little bit mentally tougher there. Um, I know that's not anything Vikings fans want to hear, but I think Seattle's going to have a very tough, long season. And I think I, I think this is a win, 100% with Ryan. I, I think that history is not on your side, but I think that the 2021 rosters for these two teams makes you um, be on the right side of history for this one. Well, I think being back in the stadium, the fans doing a skull chant, I think that's going in the first game, the home opener, I think that's going to pump yeah. everybody up. And you talk about those losses, and I said they were close. Last year, one point. Year before that, one touchdown. Yep. Year before that, two touchdowns. Year before that, one point. And then uh, 2015, they were we were, Vikings were blown out. And uh, But... Yeah, I noticed that too. Three of the last four were one-score games. So it's not like historically they're doing that much to you because anything past four games, different teams, different coaching staffs. Mm -hmm. Um, So, no, I mean, you guys play them close. And I think um, a healthy defense definitely tips the scales. It does. Ryan, talk to us about the next one. All right, so we got the Browns at home. Man, this is gonna be a tough game. They they have a great roster, right? Uh, you know, from Miles Garrett to Denzel Ward, uh, they added a lot of key pieces on that defense. Shadavian Clowney. Um, they did lose Sheldon Richardson, which should help us out a little bit, especially since our main area of um, weakness is the interior of that line. Um, but I mean, yeah, they just uh, John Johnson. Uh, so they added a lot on that defense. Um, they're getting Odell Beckham back again. I know. Maybe they have some chemistry issues or whatnot, but again, he does make the defense account for him, right? Uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, top number one offensive line uh, from last year. Um, Great running backs and a quarterback that's not all that dissimilar from Kirk Cousins, more probably of a game manager-ish kind of guy that can put his team on the back as needed, uh, but is really going to let the run game and the play action and uh, those type of uh, throws really um, dictate the the pace of the game. So really it's going to be a very similar play styles on both sides of the ball. Um, Stefanski knows what we're doing. Uh, he's been with us for a long time. Obviously, we'll have to throw some new wrinkles in specifically in that game to hopefully confuse him a bit. Uh, but it, it's going to be a tough game. Um, I do have this one as a loss on our schedule here. Uh, I just think that Miles Garrett and Clowney um, is going to be a little bit too much for our offensive line to handle. And I don't think we're going to get enough uh, working there on their offensive line, given how strong it was last year. Um, and I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think it's probably going to be a one-score game. Um, but, yeah, I, I have this one as a loss for us. Harbs? I will not go off on how excited I am about this game <laughs> on paper. And you, you talked about it a lot, losing Sheldon Richardson. We also lost uh, in the middle Larry Ogunjobi, who went to Cincinnati, which is just painful. Um, he was one of Greg Williams' love childs from Charlotte in one of their draft classes. Um I think the matchup of the minds between – I wrote down there's 
there's two sets of matchups I'm curious about. The matchup of the minds of Stefanski coming home against Mike Zimmer, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game because these two are just really going to be – it's going to be like two old training partners to bring back the fight reference. They're fighting each other, and it makes for a boring fight, but it also – you got to have a winner and a loser. Um, but I think the main matchup I want to see is uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen going up against Denzel Ward and their first-round pick, Greg Newsom. I think that's the one that can tip the scales to where if you got a rookie corner, corners have a tough learning curve at times. Um, you saw it last year with Jeffrey Okuda, who was a top five pick, um, top ten pick at least, if I'm not getting that right. Um, and I think the biggest thing the Vikings have to worry about, and this is what we're talking about here, is that 27th-ranked run defense going against Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And that's something where I could see Chubb and Hunt just each having 100 yards this game, and it being a time of possession difference for who makes uh, who gets a win and who gets a loss. And that's for either side. Uh, Cleveland's got to force turnovers if they want to win it, and that's something that I don't think the Vikings um, do too often. So, And, again, that's part of how they're coached up with Zimmer. So it, it'll be a very – Old school game, I think, that's not going to be very fun on the ESPN highlight reel, but it's going to make for a very long game if you're a fan of both of these teams. Like, come on, somebody just do something to break away. I, too, think it's a close game. But I I think it could go either way. I I do have it as a loss, though, just because I think the Chubb and Hunt uh, difference. Okay. This is a noon game, which is what the Vikings love. The previous one, Seattle, I failed to mention, is 325 in the afternoon. Should be the Fox nationwide in the afternoon. Um, this one's going to be a tough one. I'm looking forward to this game as well. Harbs, uh, it's going to be fun. Tons of storylines. I could, I could see it either way, but I, I could also see the Vikings starting out 4-0. Yeah, 100%. And if, if they can get Justin Jefferson, and I think if they can – the Vikings passing game, if it gets going with Jefferson and Thielen against the two younger corners, Ward, I'm still not 100% sold on. A lot of people like him. Uh, I, I'm still very hit and miss on him, especially he he has an injury history. So if he's not playing, it's a do some all by himself. Um, that you guys really did sign the- Troy Hill, too. Troy Hill is a pretty good player, I think, at corner. I really yeah, wanted and, us and to again, sign him. So. Yeah, and there's a couple other veterans there that sure up the depth. But I mean, we I, going back to the Chiefs. This is what I, I tweeted earlier today. The Browns drafted to compete with what the AFC is, AFC is, and that's passing. And that's what I think is what Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, and Thielen, and even Cook out of the backfield um, can create issues with. So if that that can definitely open things wide open for this game. So I can go from being very close to not very quickly. So absolutely, we'll find yeah, out. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's going to be a close game, and I'm excited for it. This, this is my number one circled game on the schedule. Um, my 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 buddy might fly up for it. I might be taking my son to it. Just it, it's going to be a good one. So Fornis um, is trying to get excited. me to come to it, so I, I get the hype behind it. There you oh, go. Greedy. There you go. Um, all right, so you know we're you know I know we're kind of coming up on time ish here, but obviously there's going to be a couple games that we can kind of pass over a little bit. But Lions, uh, again, I, I think that's a relatively easy win. I can't see them improving with that um, that offense. I just Nooner, don't think it's going to be third enough. home game in a row. Perfect. Yeah. So I, I just can't see us losing that game. Uh, Jared Goff is 
not really that great, and they have no offense really to speak of. So, I I will throw in Jared Goff in his career against the Vikings has seventy percent completion percentage uh, and five touchdowns, no interceptions. So that's the one thing that could be interesting. The only problem is it's now the Lions' offense. It's not Sean McVay's yeah. offense. So that's exactly just the one without little... Sean McVay, I'm not too worried about it. And I... you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, you know, schemes that are putting Cooper Cup on on uh, Anthony Barr 30 yards on the field. I mean, yeah, they they it's they your... you know the Rams worked us that game, and in uh, Goff, you know, was very impressive uh, throwing to wide open players. So I'm I'm not too worried about him. If you're excited to see Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield Oklahoma quarterbacks, I think this will be the one year you get to see Jared Goff. And then next, for the couple years, you'll get to see Spencer Rattler in Detroit because the, the team's not very good. And I very I really easily see them having the first pick. <laughs> yeah, I Then agree. come the Panthers. And do you see arms. any improvement there from them on the road? I. I, it really by week six you're going to know what they have in Darnold, and that's really I think going to either make this team uh, maintain what they think is momentum versus just breaking and falling off. You saw the very interesting interview today with Teddy Bridgewater um, ripping Joe Brady's two minute offense, where the reason they got rid of Bridgewater was these close one possession games that he said they couldn't win at the end. And Matt Rule said, you've got to have a guy that can do that. Well, it sounds like you've also got to have an offensive coordinator and a coaching staff that works on those things. And you may not. So I think um, I, I joked that the only headline I could pull out of this was the battle of the paid running backs where the backfield has a combined $127 million in it. But um, I, I think this would be a win for the Vikings. I don't think Carolina's too great. But this could also be one of those games where if you start 4 and up, well, 5 and 0 I think for if what you've got going on, Dave, this could be one of those letdown games leading into a bye potentially. But I mean, you could be going into a bye six and L. I mean, which would be, be really a, a miracle. I don't see us doing that. I see us dropping one of those games. Agreed. But I, I can see a five and one start, four and two at the worst. Yeah, I, I would agree yeah, with that. I have us as a four and two start um, in this situation here. Uh, you know, Cardinals, Browns. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Panthers, I think are going to be a tougher game. Uh, we played them close last year, but we're also not, uh, we're out a lot of really good defensive players at that point in time. Um, and they, I, you know, I don't know how much of an upgrade Darnold is from Teddy, even if Darnold is hitting on all cylinders. I mean, he might still be this great quarterback that deserved to be the third overall pick, but, um, I, I, I'm until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. And, um, and yes, that defense did improve. And I do uh, worry about uh, who, who's that safety linebacker hybrid that they have there again. The rookie of the year, he should have been defensive rookie oh, of the year. Jeremy Chin. Chin, yeah. So, I mean, he, he gave us fits when we played them, actually. Uh, I think he actually accounted for yeah, 14 of their points against us. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was his like come out, or, like real big game that he had. So, then we get a bye. Um, that's great. Now we got the Cowboys, Dak. You know, getting a few games under his belt from that major injury. Uh, what do we see here? We'll be in prime time uh, purple. It's on Sunday night. Ooh, that's a fun Sunday night game. I, I think it's really going to come down to. I don't think this Cowboys defense is really anything to get excited about. They they didn't go. They couldn't get one of the corners because uh, 
Sertan and Horn were both gone by the time they were picking, and this this corner group's still bad. Um, again, I think this is one of those games where Justin Jefferson could just completely ball out. It'll be a battle of the high draft or first round receivers, but CD Lamb and Jefferson again, um, which CD Lamb had a good game against Vikings last year, but um, having Peterson in there another year at Dantzler, uh, like we talked about, who knows with Gladney. So um, I, I think this could be – this is another one of those toss-ups. Um, I had it, I think, as a loss. But, again, it could be a win. I wouldn't be surprised. It, it, Dallas is so hit and miss. And you know how McCarthy is as a coach. I mean, I, I'm not excited about him. You, I, I, if I'm a Vikings fan, I'm excited because you're going to be going up against this team still. But um, it's definitely hit or miss on what this could be. It's really going to be interesting to see how these teams form. I yeah I had initially had this as a loss on the schedule and after thinking about it a little bit more I, I think it is going to be a win for us um, I do think Lamb he'll be matched up against our slot corner so it'll probably be Mac Alexander of all time because um, he's pretty much a slot only receiver at this point um, we had no defense when we played them last year uh, again they, it was I think right around the time we played the, the Panthers so uh, we we are out Bar we are out um, Hunter we are out you know. Kendricks, I think, even was either got hurt this game or was out this game. We ended up losing at home to this team when we were on a hell of a run uh, that was had a lot of us have hope. I think we were going to have a salty taste in our mouth. Again, I'm not talking any, you know, Harves, I know you can speak more literal with your, you know, facts and stats and player matchups and all this. I'm going to go non here. Fandom. Just, just get on right. with it, Ryan. I know that's what you're interested <laughs> in. Just say it. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go fan-ish here and just say, you know, we're coming off a bye. We're playing at home. We, we have a dirty taste in our mouth from the last time we played them where we easily should have won against Dalton and, uh, you know, and a very banged-up Cowboys team. And they came in and beat us. And uh, I, I don't even think it was that close, if I remember. I mean, uh, it was close in halftime, but I think they, they kind of ran away with it in the second half. Um, I, I think we get our revenge here. I think that uh, Justin Jefferson uh, – proves that he's the better receiver here than C.D. Lamb. And uh, and that's hard for me to say, obviously, guys. C.D. Lamb is, I think, my favorite non-quarterback in the league. So um, he, he's my well, my favorite player that's not a quarterback. So uh, I'm a big fan. But I, I think that we're going to win this one in a close game. Two quick things before we move on here. Ryan, where did C.D. Lamb go to college? Oklahoma. Okay, that was point number one. Point number two, this is also a revenge game of the 1977 NFC title game. So that's going to be fresh in everyone's minds. Yeah, right, sure. So it's one of two revenge games I'm going to talk about. The biggest one's coming up here down the stretch. Perfect. Now, this, to me, is a – it depends how well Dallas is playing. I do have a couple of Dallas Cowboys fans. They were disappointed in what happened in the offseason, both in free agency and – the draft, so Mike McCarthy might be doing Mike McCarthy things. It will be a good one. It'll be fun to watch in primetime. And thanks, Mateo. Yes, uh, you're right. It was a one-score game. I was just checking that actually on my phone here. Um, was one-score game, so it wasn't a blowout or anything like that. So close game that we lost to Andy Dalton when we shouldn't have. And and just a quick tangent. I know we have a lot of games to go through, and I'll try to be quick. 
Kirk Cousins, this is the issue I have, I guess, is that people say Kirk Cousins is, you know, look at all these stats, like he's a top whatever quarterback. And great, he, he's great. He is a good quarterback. I'm not here to say he's not. When we're talking about um, a player that uplifts your team in crucial situations, and yes, you can complain about our defense not being good. Their defense was horrid last year, the Cowboys was. I mean, they, they were right up there with us as being an awful defense. And Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback than Andy Dalton. And we still lost that game. That's where I have my issues with Kirk Cousins is we cannot lose a game that we can't afford to lose in that situation to the Cowboys when they don't have Dak Prescott. They don't have a defense worth a damn. You know, Zeke Elliott's on his way out. Like, I don't the fact that we that lost game. that game was so incredibly frustrating because that was a game that should have been a cakewalk because we had Kirk Cousins in that situation. Because we actually had a starting caliber quarterback, not a backup. And we still lost the game. That's the, those are the games that a good quarterback, like uh, that he supposedly is, that, those are the games where we shouldn't lose that. Like That should be an impossibility. And that's where I get frustrated. So we can move on. Uh, um, Ravens. All right, so we got Lamar Jackson. We got uh, well, they added Rashad Bateman, the local kid. Good. They uh, they have um, they added the best wide players. They added the best the wide what? receiver in Gophers history since Eric Decker, because Tyler Johnson was not it. And I still refuse for Gopher Twitter to tell me different. But Bateman with that offense is going to be very interesting. So yes, no, I think he gets to come incredible. home. Incredible. Yeah, he's going to be incredible for them. They got Hollywood Brown. Um, they added Tylen Wallace uh, late round, yeah. and it, probably a good value pick there. Um, I think they had a hell of a draft. Uh, honestly, they had a really, really good draft. Um, they and, got a great back and, office, front office. They have a yeah, they have a great front office there, and uh, and and then the X factor here is Lamar Jackson. Going back to my earlier comments of running quarterbacks give us fits. Um, here's another one, right? Uh, ones, ones that can not only run, but throw accurately, like, and, and of the ones that I've talked about, I know Russell Wilson's probably, a, I, I, he's probably a bit more accurate, but Lamar Jackson's right up there. I mean, with really bad receivers now, he's actually got some good receivers on in his uh, tool chest now, uh, to work with and I'll see how they work out by week was at seven, eight, nine. Um, but I think this is going to be a tough game. I have this as a loss on our, on our record. Um, I think they're a top five team in the NFL. Uh, so I don't think this is a, if we can keep this close, I, I, I'm not a big moral victory guy. That's not something I'm about either. You win or you lose, but um, that, that would be very telling for how talented this team is, is if we can keep it close or win this game, obviously that's a huge tell, but if we can even keep it close, one score game, three point game, I think that will give us an indication if this team's a playoff team or not and ready to compete in the playoffs, not just to be a one and out, uh, you know, get in and, and get out type team. If we, we can actually compete if we can keep up with the Ravens and, and some of these other teams. So. Ravens, you're right. We can win them all, but I see this one as the toughest to so far of the season against the Ravens, and we're going on the road in their house, purple on purple, and even this is one where I chalk us up, chalk it up as a loss, but not really that worried about it because it's outside the division, outside the conference too. So conference. really, no, no bearing. 
How about the Chargers next on the road? We go from East Coast to West Coast and play Justin in the new going to go off SoFi Stadium. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Jefferson. I, I think he's going to go off just because I, he's still young and he still thinks about awards. He's not at that point in his career where he's. And this is not a knock on him. This is any young player. When you come into the league, you want to make an impact. You want to win the awards. You want to be recognized. And I, I love Justin Herbert. He was not the offensive rookie of the year last year. <laughs> it was Justin Jefferson by a landslide. He came in just absolutely obliterated everybody with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. Again, not shaming Kirk Cousins. I'm just saying if he would have had anyone else of those first-round quarterbacks or first-round receivers, he might have had a healthy Dak. He could have well, – I guess he could have had Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. So poor Jalen Rager. But, um, I agree with you, Jerome. I do think that this could be – I think this is a, a shellacking, just to bust out a word of the Doc Emmerich dictionary there. So um, I, I think this would be a fun game for Vikings fans, especially if you're a Justin Jefferson fan like I am. I also think Zimmer will dial stuff up that um, Chargers haven't seen in a long time. So Agreed. You know, just just to play devil's advocate and, again, just get, provide some perspective to some of our listeners here, uh, Chargers did beef up that offensive line significantly. Um, they didn't add a lot of – they didn't add a lot of weapons. They actually lost Hunter Henry. Um, they added, uh, what, Josh Palmer from Tennessee as their third receiver behind Mike Wallace and, and obviously Keenan Allen. Um, Drafted Trey McKitty to replace Hunter Henry, who's – I'm a bit. I'm actually a fan of McKitty. I was actually wanting the Vikings to take him as again, not as to be the number one guy, but more to be a number two, number three. Guy. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's not going to be tight ends again to talk about positions to take a while to develop. I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Um, McKitty's definitely a developmental tight end, so I don't think it's going right. to be anything crazy. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, their cornerback room's hurting. Obviously, they they don't have Casey Hayward anymore. They did sign Mike Davis back. Um, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to get Derwin James back. Kenneth Murray's coming off a good rookie campaign. Uh, I, I think that I don't think, uh, Andrew, I know you kind of said this is going to be a shellacking. I don't think it is going to be. Um, I do think we win. Um, I don't think this is going to be a loss on our record. Uh, but I think it might be a little closer. I think that offensive line is going to give Herbert some time. And with time, I think that I mean, he is a good quarterback. He shouldn't have won rookie of the year. Um, but he is a good quarterback, and I think he's going to give teams fits going forward. And um, it all depends if we can guard their 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 top receivers. Um, I don't think their run game is going to do much. Eckler, I don't think is much to write home about. He and, you know, outside of outside, uh, out of the backfield, but that's exactly what Kendricks is there for. I mean, that's that's his specialty. I think so. Um, I, I think we win this game, and I think we. Uh, but I think it's a little closer than a shellacking. Uh, Packers, I don't think we need a deep dive into the Packer or any of the division foes, honestly. Um, they have Rodgers. It's going to be a tough game. <laughs> we all know that. We've seen it many, many, many times. If they don't have Rodgers, we should be able to whoop them because he is their team. Um, so uh, I think that's all that really needs to be said. And, and not, uh, not if anyone wants to jump in here, feel free, please. Uh, it just, you know, obviously our listeners, our fans know that uh, know plenty about the Packers and the Bears and the Lions. So um, any other context there? I just want to see how Eric Stokes does with Justin Jefferson. They drafted him in the first round instead of giving Rodgers another weapon because 
the Vikings have Justin Jefferson. Ford has talked about that with me a while ago, how when Randy Moss came onto the team, mm-hmm. that everyone in the division just loaded up on corners. And I think you're seeing the same thing happen here. So I, I'm interested to see how Stokes does in his first match against Jefferson. That's all. Absolutely. I still think we could beat him even with Rodgers because most of the games 100%. against the Packers up in Lambeau or here are always close. So we'll see. I'll talk I, it up as I a will win. Argue about that. I will argue that first game last year was not close. I know the right. score said like eight points or something like that. They were up like three touchdowns. And we had right. a, and then, yeah, sure, look, it was a good game to make Kirk Cousins look good because yeah, he had a lot exactly. of great stats in that game, but we that game wasn't even close. Then out to um, San Francisco. San Francisco. So at this point in Another time, afternoon game. All the West Coast uh, games are at three-something. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, who knows who's playing at quarterback, right? Uh, you have Jimmy Garoppolo. Is Trey Lance taken over by this point? Uh, Trey Lance does offer that running dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be a tough game with the Niners. They have a good defense. They have a well-schemed offense. Um, and, yeah, uh, it, it's just a tough game um, almost always. Uh, I think that's on the road you had said, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to chalk this up as in – win because I because I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo and if it is Trey Lance I think Zimmer can scheme that up to make it pretty confusing for him um, I'm gonna drop this up as a win um, and and I don't know where my total is at this point but I, I can recount while you guys talk I think they do go uh, to Trey Lance here at this point I think Jed York's gonna uh, handle his best, do his best George Steinbrenner impersonation to where a lot of owners lost a lot of money last year, and Trey Lance is going to put people in the seats, and Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't. Um, so I think by that point in week 12, Trey Lance will be the guy. It's still going to be a rookie, and then that goes back to Dave's point with Mike Zimmer um, having a field day with rookie quarterbacks. And being at North Dakota State, he had a lot of pro concepts. A lot of Vikings fans mm-hmm. are familiar with them. Um, so they know that. They also know that P.J. Fleck recruited him as a safety. But um, it's one of those things where I think it will be an interesting game. But I, I do think Minnesota gets a win here. I, I'm not – I'm with Ryan or I'm not saying – I'm saying it with a little bit more confidence. Um, but I'm still – it's going to be interesting to see how Trey Lance does. No, this is going to be a good game. Um, it bothers me that we've, we're racking up these many wins – because this is the point where the team gets cocky on themselves. So <laughs> we'll see. Then we got the Lions away. That should be a win. And then comes the Steelers. Now, Andrew and I were talking about this before the show. What are the Steelers going to look like? And what what week is this? 14? Week 14. Right before that big, tough stretch. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Andrew. Repeat what you told me. Yeah, no, I think I, I think Ben Roethlisberger at this point, I mean, he almost retired this past year. Um, I think I, – I just don't think he's in it this year. And I have a I, – I, I talk to a lot of Steelers fans. A lot of my buddies are Steelers fans. I'm from uh, north of Pittsburgh. Um, and I just – I think it's really going to be where they – Established an arm with Najee, and I don't think he's going to provide much with the passing. 
game. You have everyone we've talked about at length at this point in the cornerback room. I think they can handle Juju, Deontay Johnson, uh, Chase Claypool, uh, Patrick Muth. I think is the linebackers will handle him just fine. Um, and then by that point, I think the defensive line, if they're all healthy with Tomlinson and Pierce, you're going to be able to handle Najee. So um, I think that – I just think at this point the Steelers are going to be a wash, and I think they're really going to be looking ahead to that last four-game stretch where I talked about where you play Tennessee, Kansas City, Baltimore, Cleveland, and that's going to make or break their season. And they're not thinking about Minnesota. So, um, But Minnesota's going to be thinking about them because they remember what happened in Super Bowl Nine. damn it. And <laughs> even though three-year-old Mike Tomlin and 19-year-old Mike Zimmer – don't remember that game or remember that game if you're Zimmer because you, he's older. I think that the Vikings get their revenge in the biggest revenge game of the year from Super Bowl nine. Chalk it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, yeah, I think like you had said, Arbs, it all really just <laughs> depends on where Ben Roethlisberger is at this point in time. Um, that offense is a good offense, I think, yeah, but with a quality quarterback, right? And well, yes. is he going to still be that at that point in time? Is he that right now? I, I don't know. No. Does Dwayne no, Haskins come in last year? Does Dwayne Haskins come in and prove you know Ron Rivera wrong? I mean, I, that, who knows, right? Um, yeah. But that defense is for real. That defense is for real. They were a top defense last year, and I don't think they got much worse. Um, heading into this offseason. So um, I think it's going to be a good game. It all really depends on how well their quarterback is playing at that point in time. Um, just for parity's sake, I'm going to put an L uh, just because I said nine, and I think I'm already at like seven wins for us. Um, so I'm just going to throw an L out here and, and, and see where it takes us. Okay. Um, go ahead, Dave. I was about to say, let's go down to Soldier Field. Soldier Field, the Bears. Um, at this point, you assume Justin Fields is playing another running quarterback, another rookie quarterback. So uh, what Zimmer got in mind for him at this point in time, uh, this team is uh, not bad. Uh, you know, we get to play him twice at the end of the year, and we're going to get to see a lot of tape on them up until that point. Um, I don't think it's a bad team. They uh, Did they make the playoffs last year? Did they yes, speak in? they finished second yeah. in the division made the playoffs. So, uh, you know, so they made the playoffs last year. Uh, obviously, it's not a bad roster per se. They did lose some key pieces, but they added some uh, in the draft. Um, yeah, right. Uh, you know what, though? Everyone shits on Trubisky, but he he gave us fits every single time. And, again, we're going back to the running quarterback mm -hmm. you know, theory here is we just couldn't contain him. He wasn't good. We just couldn't contain him. His ability to scramble out of the pocket and – not to the left, but mainly to the right and throw uh, or for whatever reason mm -hmm. or just run. But for whatever reason, killed us. I mean, I remember we had them on the ropes. It's like third and 12. He rushes for 20 some yards. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like I, I almost threw my phone through the TV, I think. So it, it's just incredibly frustrating watching those uh, games. And now you have Justin Fields there, who is a significantly better quarterback that can still do those same things that frustrated us before. Um, that defense always gives us fits, um, so we'll see how it goes. Soldier Field, I'll make this an L. I, did you say you're making it an L? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Just Viking, a soldier field. Harbs, if you don't know thing. from Vikings history, especially recent history, the Vikings always have a hard time at Soldier Field, whether it be the grass, whether it be the ghosts, whatever it is, whether it be kickers or punters punting to Devin Hester when they're told not to, they always have a hard time, and the Bears pull out something fluky and usually win. So we've I, I have talked about football analysis at length here. We're at week 15. So I'm going to decide the game on the following factors. I am 26 years old. I just discovered the show ER based out of Chicago. Launched George Clooney's career. Absolutely love this show. So that makes me like Chicago a little bit. But then I think <laughs> about Ditka and his ugly sweater. I think of the fridge. My fridge right now is not working. And I hate that stupid looking pizza. So I'm going to go with Minnesota here getting the win. I, there's nothing I like about Chicago except the show ER. And so that way I'm giving Minnesota the win. I'd rather have a Juicy Lucy than that pizza pie any day of the week. Okay. I agree with you, though. They're, they're, that pizza's trash. We were in Chicago. and I, I tried, like, the second best Chicago pizza, in, and I was like, this is garbage. It's so, literally a yeah, pizza pie. You know, yay thick. Yeah. So. So um, it's anyway. <laughs> I I hope we do win, but I have a feeling we're going to split with Chicago, and I'd rather lose there than at home. Fair so, enough. Rams, Rams. They come home yeah. for the Rams. Rams at home. Oh, by Matt the way, Stafford. the Bear game, Bears game, is a Monday night. We have a short week coming into the Rams game. Oh, that's right. We oh, talked about know. that with the Thursday night for the Steelers. Yep, Thursday night on the Steelers and Monday night on the Bears. So Rams, Rams is always a tough game. They're just so well coached, right? Sean McVay is a great coach, uh, offensive-minded coach. Um, they, I think, they upgraded at quarterback with Stafford over uh, over Goff. Um, they got some good weapons on that offense. Uh, they did lose Ger- Gerald Everett, I think, but they still got Tyler Higby at tight end, uh, who can move, who can move pretty well, actually. Um, they got some good receivers, and I think they added one in the draft. I can't remember exactly who. Um, and yes, yeah, so uh, so yeah, very very good, um, very good offense defense. Obviously, you got Aaron Darnold, uh, Donald. Um, you got, you know, Jalen Ramsey, who's going to probably lock up Justin Jefferson. Uh, I see this as a tough one. We are at home. Um, I have it coming off of two losses here. Can't imagine us hitting into the, into the home stretch there with three losses, but I'm going to call three losses here. Um, I think this is going to be a tough one. And I think Stafford is going to finally have some weapons and protection at his helm and finally a good coach where he's going to hit all cylinders. I think Stafford's going to have the relationship with McVay that Brady had with BA this past year. And I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be eye opening for him. Um, He's had great weapons. Like you talked about, he's never had the coaching and all add to it too is if Jared Goff is able to carve up a Mike Zimmer defense, mm, true. A, a capable Matthew Stafford might be able to do worse. But he also, again, Zimmer's familiar with him from uh-huh. all the years and of the he's division. Injury so. prone. Agreed, and that's going to be the. It, it's a pretty even scale there as far as the good and bad with this. So, 
I mean, if you're looking at it, if you get a win against the Rams in week 16 and you're going into two division games, I'd be feeling very good. A lot of momentum going into those last two important games. Now, the only thing I don't like about this game, it's a home game, we'll be wearing purple, which is fine, which means they wear their dingy, sweat-stained, <laughs> the bone color. color uniform they call that one. Um, then we go to up to Green Bay, January 2nd, on the and frozen tundra. And they're coming off a Christmas Day game against Cleveland, so they're going to be coming off of their own tough game, so it'll be interesting. And if Rodgers isn't there, we win. <laughs> I think I think I, this is a win for us as well. And then we return home for the last game of the season. Oh, that Packers game is Sunday night, by the way, so it's going to be even colder. The sun won't be down. Um, then we return home for the Bears. And the question is, do we have the number one seed in the NFC or not by this point? <laughs> because we're looking at this schedule, and yeah, I could show three losses, but that puts us at 13-3. and three. Most likely a 13-3 and three schedule you're battling for that number one seed. If we've already got it in the bag, I expect the second stringers to start. Yeah, that's the I one thing. I am going into this game based on what I have on the schedule. I'm going into this game with us at nine wins right now. Nine wins uh, in the seventeen game or seventeen um, game schedule is going to be not enough to make the playoffs. So we're going into well, U.S. Bank Stadium against uh, the Bears, who we had just lost to in my predictions here um needing a win to make the playoffs to finish 10 and, and, seven and we'll go in as a and i have them winning this game going to 10 and 7 being the whatever last seed or second to last seed to Fighting make in the for mike zimmer's job and keeping zimmer around one more damn year until he loses next year because again we're a every other year playoff team and then we'll hit our new coaching staff in 2023. Yeah, I, I think what I was – I don't even remember what my original point was at this point. But um, I, I think that the NFL – it's going to be funny to where you talked about sitting the starters. The NFL adds this 17th game for the money and the TV revenue, and you're going to have a lot of teams that are going to be either testing out what they've got on rosters or you've got them sitting there – starters getting ready for a playoff because they need an extra buy. So it's going to be, I, I just from an NFL standpoint, I think it's absolutely hilarious that they threw in this extra game, but at the same time, they it's try to another make their division and exactly. competitive. And I think that's, and I think the initial reports of the like out of conference fun matchups was quickly squashed because of that exact point where, yeah. okay, you're going to have people that are just not going to play starters. And then it's just going to, mean less but if you keep it in the division pittsburgh plays baltimore um i think cleveland plays cincinnati like there's a lot of the conferences are lined up to where it's going to be division so the nfl smart they want to make everybody play as much as they can and a game against chicago at home going into a potential playoff berth is a nice little cap on top of the season to keep mike zimmer's job mm-hmm. and i agree mateo i'm not a big team zimmer guy um I don't mind him as a coach. I just think we need an offensive-minded coach as a head coach. Um, but, again, it's just this weird every other year 
we're in the playoffs and we missed it last year. So we got to make it this year. <laughs> so, well, all right. Well, that's, that's, that's the schedule. Now I've got one thing I want to pop up real quick. This came from uh, sports betting, something or other today. It is once the schedule came out, they use projected wins loss, which the Vikings are projected over under at 8.5 and they made a uh, strength of schedule. Sorry, I'm covering up Harbs on this one. You notice the Vikings are middle of the pack, roughly. They're 14th toughest. But Green Bay is number 15. And I want to know how Green Bay can have an easier schedule than the Vikings when Green Bay won the division, playing, you would think, the first-place teams, and we finished third and are playing the third-place teams. Some of the third got, place teams got better than the first place teams. Well, obviously, he's got Blake Bortles or Jordan Love at quarterback. You got to throw him a bone when you can. So mm-hmm. it's just, I find it frustrating. Dave was very upset about this, everyone off screen beforehand. I got in, he was just heated. Yep. I mean, in strength, strength of schedule preseason is it all know, changes by week silly, six. right? You know, mm-hmm. injuries and you know who's actually playing well and whatever. I mean, there's so many think factors. Uh, strength of schedule at the end of the season does make a difference, I think. But you're looking back on how quality you played. But yeah, I mean, I think I think we have a tough schedule. I mean, I, I knew that going into you know before today, and I've always I've been harping on all the shows that I've been on that I don't think even though we did gain a lot this um, off season with hurt players returning and, you know, again, getting a real a better offensive line and, and all these different things. We also got a much tougher schedule, I think this year uh, than we did last year. And uh, so we'll, we'll see where, where it goes. I am hoping for the best, obviously in the Vikings fan in me and I'm hoping for some fun games and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can eke out some wins and, and maybe make a run. I think it was uh, Luke Braun today said uh, over under at 8.5 was plus 375. It's now down to like 225. Um, Even Vegas is thinking we're getting better. So I think we're well into the double digits. Uh, Three losses would be nice, but maybe five I think is realistic. But with that, I see the Vikings going to the playoffs. So Dave, you got twelve and five final prediction. Twelve and five, yeah. For this show, for this show, I'll go twelve and five. You guys, in your optimism, are very, very bad for me. But as a Vikings fan that's been through all the heartache, we won't get to the heartache until the NFC Championship. I understand heartache, Dave. Well, yeah, you are a Brownies fan. (laughs) You are a Brownies fan. Never mind. Um. No, it's funny. I, I I was thinking the whole time as you're hyping this up. I was like, man, I can't listen to you guys when I'm trying to bet during the season because I'm just going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to be fine. And then I just lose all my money, and then I'm doing the show live from an alley somewhere as my family and I are betting <laughs> for food on the side of the street. Um, Bleacher Report just came out with a 9-8 and eight prediction for him. I thought that would be interesting to end on, too. I, I, I think 9-8, and 10-7, and 8-8. Not like it, it's really going to fluctuate. Um, 
I, I'm loving the optimism down here too. I will say so. Everyone's pretty optimistic except me. So I'll be negative Nancy for today. Uh, you know, when I'm going through the exercise live here, I think I ended up at 10 and seven, um, a little more optimistic than I kind of, I think that's probably right about right. 10 and seven, nine and eight. I think that's kind of where I've been sitting. Um, so I'm going to go with 10 and seven, try to be a little bit more optimistic. Andrew. 10 and, 10 and seven also sounds so gross now. Well, like, it, it sounds like 10 like, and six. Yeah. It, it, but it, it's just. Or nine know, and like, seven. Yeah. yeah, no record sounds good now unless you have like your eleven and six. Like it's just ten and seven is just bleh. Just, just just for you know shits and giggles, you have a prediction for your Browns. I'll be one hundred percent honest with you, and this is how dedicated I am. I spent the last time I was paid to do another job because I'm such a good employee doing research <laughs> for this show that I have not looked at the Browns schedule. Apart from I know we play Green Bay on Christmas Day. And I know we play Kansas City and Dirty Dan Sorensen on week one, which is going to be an absolute – that'll be a shellacking. The Browns are going to just go off on Kansas City. Um, <laughs> I heard today on Pat Talk McAfee about optimism. That, right? Uh, Pat McAfee show said that Super Bowl losers are three and nine in the last 12 years. So they always have a little bit more of a hangover than the winners. So I think starting out with a win against Kansas City would be great. It's still Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, so who knows. Well, I want to thank all our um, viewers today from Mateo, Arthur, Tyler. Uh, we get Jim, Jablonski, Dan. Jeffrey, Who Dat Dude. Uh, who else did we have tonight pop in? We had Evan Clark. We had Raymond Fry. And, of course, the great Viking Jerome himself popped in to join us. Thank you all. For joining us and Dan Henneman, yes, correcting me on we beat Chicago last year, and of course, the one and only Clifford. Thank you guys. We'll see you tomorrow night as we do our normal Thursday show, which should be with Flip and Eric Thompson. So, as always, like, subscribe, ring the bell. If you're listening on the podcast, rate us. It helps. Go over to Daily Norseman for other added written pieces by some great people that we work with daily. And you all rock. Closing statements, Ryan. Skull, baby. Get that revenge on Super Bowl Nine. We need it. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody, skull! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody! Skull, everybody!